It all started with a dream. This is so stupid! <laughs> In my whole life, <laughs> I got some things to say. I'm still slowly dying, but uh. hey, we all are. You're listening to the best of Matt and Mo. Uh, we got a few social media updates from a lot of the artists that we enjoy here on the show. First one is an ethics question from Casting Crown's Juan DeVevo. Is it lying if I said I'd watch an ad to get free Wi-Fi at the airport and then when the ad came on, I didn't watch it? <laughs> <laughs> this is a good ethical question. Yes, it is. Because at the same time, like I have ad block on like when I watch YouTube or whatever, so I never see an ad, but... By using the website, I've agreed to the terms of watching, watching these an ads, ad. <laughs> these videos. Um, <laughs> is that sinful? No, I think it's just being smart. <laughs> God gave us a brain. Let's use it. There this, was. There is no moral wrongdoing there to not watch an ad. There's no moral wrongdoing. But but you're agreeing to like, and specifically in his thing, you actually have to agree. Sure. Say, to get free Wi-Fi. Would, what I'm agreeing to ad. is I am smarter than you. <laughs> <laughs> there was a um, company. It might still be going, but I don't know. I don't think it does the same thing. Uh, but there was a company called Swagbucks. And what it basically did was it paid you to sit there and watch ads. Okay. And once you watched, uh, you know, I think, I think one gave, you watched one and you get 10 cents of credit. Okay. So once you watched enough to get $20 worth of credit, you could get like an Amazon gift card. Nice. So me and my buddy uh, Derek, we would do that constantly and use that money to buy Funko Pops or whatever. And uh, all we would do is just sit there. Leave it work, on in the background? We'd be working on it. The only problem was is they were smart. They wouldn't just let it run. You had mm-hmm. to actually click go for everything. So we just have it on. Our phone right there sitting next to us, and we'd be working on our computer, and just every 30 seconds we'd hit play and let another ad play, but we wouldn't be watching it. And uh, I think more and more people were doing that. I'm pretty sure they stopped doing that, or at least stopped doing it the exact same way. But I did feel bad about it, because <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> you're paying me money even, and I'm still not watching these things. So there may be a moral wrongdoing in that case. <laughs> That's thievery. Yeah. Uh, all right. Because essentially that was your job. Right. Yeah. A little bit. Still 10 cents. 10 cents for 30 seconds. Hey, they hired you to How do it. How much does that work to? How much does that work out to for an hour? I have no idea. That would be 120 times 10. So 12 bucks an hour. That's not bad. <laughs> That's not bad at all. I don't think it was 10 cents then. That seems too quick. I'm pretty sure it took us several days to get anywhere near $20. Maybe it was just one cent an ad. Nah. So that's not as good. No, that's not as good. That's dumb. <laughs> All right. Uh, every parent knows what they say and what their kids hear are sometimes very different things. Jake Robertson. Robertson. Robertson posted, what I said, it's time for bed. What my kids heard, 
I, the supreme dictator, am bringing an end to all happiness and joy in your life. You will never know laughter ever again. I loathe fun and merriment and also the mirth of children in general. It's so true. <laughs> it's time for bed. <laughs> See, I don't have that problem with Eli for bedtime. No. When bedtime rolls around, he's like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Um, but nap time, which I'm just about ready to be done with nap time for him because oh, it's gosh. a fight every day. And he is so determined to not take a nap, he keeps himself awake even when he's just... Okay, you got to change the name of it, okay? Because I'm a firm believer that every stay-at-home parent, when they have young children, needs nap time up until the kid goes to kindergarten. Yeah. Firm believer in it. You got to call it quiet time. And for that amount of time, he goes in his room, door gets closed, and he finds something quiet to do. He can color, he can read a book, he can play with his cars, but he has to sit in his bed for quiet time. He doesn't have to go to sleep. That's smart. But it has to be quiet time yeah. because I need quiet time. Otherwise, I <laughs> oh, might yeah. kill no, you. No, abs- I would absolutely be locking him in his room. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a smart. That's smart. I, I had two of them because the boys are only 15 months apart, mm-hmm. you know, and I realized really quick, holy crap, they're not doing naps anymore. I or one of them may die. <laughs> I need to find something to do. And a person, a mom who had already gone through that stage in her life with her kids was like, just do quiet time. They have to stay in their rooms, but they have to find something quiet to do. Ah, <laughs> oh, brilliant. Thank you. I like that. I like that. <laughs> You're right. welcome. And then lastly, advice from Greg Laurie. If you want to raise your children in a way in the way of the Lord, then make sure you are walking in the way of the Lord. They will listen to your bedtime stories and many sermons, but they will be watching your life to see if you live that out. Some things are caught and others taught. Wow. Burn. Yeah. <laughs> feel the, a twinge of guilt right that's... even though i don't really i'm not thinking of anything i've done terribly wrong no but it <laughs> you see it in their their everyday actions mm-hmm. you know canon slips out on mila and chris is like why are you snapping at her what and I'm, i just look i wonder why he's snapping at her <laughs> <laughs> stop yay i know that's the worst one <laughs> that is the worst one have you ever told your boys, stop, now go? Have you ever said that? <laughs> yes. The first time that I've said it, I was mm. like, crap, I am so confusing. <laughs> like, what if, I'm, I know I am ruining them right now. <laughs> what do you want me to do, mom? Stop or go? I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. The other day I had a bad moment uh, as a parent. I was very disappointed in myself. Uh Eli, who's he's four, but he's just he's in the talking back for everything, mm-hmm. even stuff that doesn't need to be talked back to. He thinks it's funny, but you know, other times he's doing it completely seriously, just being rude and disrespectful. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're sitting there, and Deidre usually comes home from work for lunch, and she likes to eat with the kids, so mm-hmm. she sits and feeds the kids. Well, this day. Uh, last minute she found out she had to stay in the office for lunch. And so I'm like, oh, great. I'm already having a bad day with him. Uh, with him. So I'm like, all right, well, I guess I'll feed the kids. So I get the stuff together and we sit down. And, and he has a problem with not wanting to eat, like, his sandwich or whatever. He, mm-hmm. He'll snack on all the little stuff, 
side stuff, goldfish, oranges, or whatever, and that's great. But he needs to eat the main dish in the meal, and he doesn't want to do that. Yeah. And so I'm sitting there every every couple minutes saying, "All right, take a bite of your sandwich, man. Take take eat something substantial here." And every time I say that, he picks up a goldfish or whatever and just stares right in my eyes and bites into it. I'm like, kid, <laughs> keep it up. And uh, so after like the 10th time of him doing that, I grabbed his wrist and I said, drop the fish, pick up your sandwich. He turns to me and yells in my face, you're hurting me! Uh-huh. Which I wasn't. Right. I wasn't putting any pressure on his arm. But instead of responding calmly as a good parent should, I got in his face and yelled, Good! <laughs> Eat your sandwich! Did he eat his sandwich? <laughs> well, first he cried because I yelled at him. Uh, <laughs> and I said, What? You didn't like someone yelling in your face? Right? I don't like it either. <laughs> and then he picked up a sandwich and he ate a sandwich. Uh, which, okay, so I had to apologize later for yelling in his face and thank him for finally eating his sandwich. But gosh, I hate, I don't do that that often. I don't get to the point where I snap like that. Yeah. Where I just, there's there's no rationality in my brain anymore. Yeah. Uh. So that doesn't happen often, which is good. But when it does, man, I feel like scum for a whole week. I'm a firm believer that kids will push us to our limits, though, just to see how far they can get away. (laughs) Like, okay, 10 goldfish, that's all I get. And and, and dad's off the edge. I get it. Let me mental note this for future reference. I can do nine goldfish. I can't pick up the 10. I'm good. Oh, man. All right. Uh, So, if you haven't heard, uh, Apple, uh, you you need to listen up, right? Because you're an Apple products person. I am. Apple will start assigning so-called trust scores for Apple devices in a bid to combat fraud, they say. Uh, First spotted by VentureBeat, a new provision has quietly appeared in the updated iTunes store privacy page that says to help identify and prevent fraud information about how you use your device, including the approximate number of phone calls or emails you send and receive will be used to compute a device trust score. When you attempt to purchase the submissions are designed. So Apple cannot learn the real values of your device. The scores are stored for a fixed time on our servers. So essentially, Apple will assign devices trust scores based on information, including your phone call and email metadata. This trust score helps the company identify scammers who are using Apple services as part uh, devices as part of their schemes. Um, they say that it only takes into account uses, usage patterns, and so they're not actually listening to your phone calls or reading your emails, but it feels like a first step. These things don't bother me. It doesn't bother you that people could be watching and reading what you're doing? No. It doesn't bother me in the least. First of all, who uses email anymore? Not really many people. Professional people. I'm okay. Um, And second of all. five email accounts. I use them all. I don't know if I'm just like one of those open book kind of people. I don't care. Which is probably why I don't mind being a radio show personality. Um, but 
if you want to listen to my conversations, I can guarantee you there's nothing that fun or exciting or dramatic or, or any of the sort in it. You might get a good television show out of some of it, but that's about it. <laughs> I mean, and if that's the case, then just give me a little bit of, of the, the profit from the television show. That's all I'm asking. <laughs> I really don't care. I feel like I don't have that much privacy, that much like secure information that someone can't. And if you do have that much secure information, then maybe somebody does need to be hacking in and listening to your phone calls. <laughs> I mean, truthfully, maybe we could have stopped 9-11 had we hacked oh into the, the people's phone Come calls. We could First have! Call. That was Matthew. 2001. We barely had flip phones. No, flip phones. Flip phones. Flip phones. Flip phones. I bought, no, they I bought were... my first flip phone in 2002. Okay, but I think you were behind the times. No. I'm thinking back to 2001. I had that Nokia brick, which yeah, was after was the flip phone. No, that was before the flip phone. My dad had a flip phone when I had the Nokia brick. He might have, yeah. But the, those bricks were just a smaller version of that giant phone. That was the first cell phone that Zach Morris had. In yeah, Saved by the Bell. that's true. <laughs> okay, but in 2001, my dad had a flip phone. <laughs> All right, all right. Well, Whatever. So, Apple, if, if you want to spy, if you want to test your spy program where uh, you actually do listen to phone calls and read emails, Mo is volunteering. Yep, go for it. <laughs> Don't care at all. You're listening to the best of Matt and Mo. Classic guest from our podcast from back in the day. Classic means old. <laughs> <laughs> no, vintage means yeah, old. Vintage oh, means good. Old. I'm just classic right You're now. You're just classic. Okay. I am a pretty Coke, classy Coke, dame. Coke classic. I mean, right. Yeah, Ooh, I mean that's yeah. that's the most beloved. Yeah, not Jackie Coke Zero. O is considered the most classic right. lady of all. Not new so. Coke. Yeah, you know, you know what I did. You know, I've got the dark hair, the dark eyes yeah. like her. Yeah. So okay, that's a compliment. All right, good. Thank you. Okay. All right. <laughs> There's an app that allows students to nickel their dime, nickel or dime, nickel and dime their way out of debt. I can't say words. No, you can't. They're you, hard. you just need to talk. They're hard. An app that allows students to nickel and dime their way out of debt has nice. just paid off $1 million worth of student loans. Mm. An app called Changed with the E capitalized, so Changed. 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 
is a mobile app that rounds up a user's everyday purchases to the nearest dollar. For instance, if a person is buying a cup of coffee for $2.45 with their credit or debit card that's linked to the app, ChangeEd will round the payment up to $3 and then squirrel away the extra $0.55 cents mm. to an account issued or insured, insured. by the, the FDIC. the whole rounding thing up was my idea. That's <laughs> my idea. I do it every day in my thing because I want to play it safe, you know? Sure. I don't want to get to the end of the month and be like, oh, no, this we're is like, over. Is this like in your checkbook or your account balance? Well, we use the app um, every dollar. Oh. Dave Ramsey. Oh. Right, right, I don't right, think right. it's his, but he, he recommends one of the, it. One of the it's a great one, too, but I need to look into this ChangeEd app. <laughs> well, when small amounts of change eventually pile up to $100, the app applies that money to the user's student loan oh, debt. Now, I, I have checked, that. and it only works for student loans. Right. I yeah. still got plenty of You still of have student loans? Oh, yeah. That's like our big one. <laughs> I will one. have those until I die. I will. Bonnie will be paying my off. <laughs> <laughs> but I think we need that for normal debt, too. We need no, an app that works great. with all kinds of I think so. Because we got so. We have, uh, we talked about this, I think, last week. Credit card that we got, we have the one credit card, and every time we get close to the limit, they're like, eh, we'll double it. Here you go. Here's you got more another now. 10 grand. Credit so here. Now, <laughs> you got it. You need another one? Here. Take another credit card. It's not real money. You yeah. have money? You don't have any money? Oh, well, let us give you fake money because it's okay. Uh, you'll never have to pay it back. Never. No, no payments until June. It'll never be June. <laughs> Let's buy it now. Mm-hmm. That's June Matt's problem. <laughs> got some random facts for us. What do you got, Mo? I do. Okay, so on average, it takes 66 days to form a new habit. Okay, I keep, this keeps getting higher and higher. It because It was 21. It was 21. I know. this the other day that it was 21. It's three weeks. Uh, it's, it's supposed to be three weeks. weeks that it I've heard takes it's, to form a new I've heard it's six habit. weeks. No. Maybe for and you. And I learned that from, <laughs> I learned that from every man's battle. It was, but it was I'm not six a man, weeks. right? A it takes women 21 days. It takes people like Matt 66. Uh, sure. 66. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that is even higher than six weeks, though. That's yeah. Just keep. That's, that's a long time. Yeah. That's it's like increasing. what? Two and a half months. Two two. What? How many? Is it 30 days on average in a month? It's not two and a half. Two and a half. Two and a half. <laughs> no, it's two. Two months and six days. There we go. Much. That's not even a half. <laughs> That's not even a whole week. <laughs> Two months and a week. So, yeah, about eight, eight or six, nine weeks, seven, I guess. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> all right. About 50% of all giraffe calves do not survive their first year due to predation. 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 That's a, that's a big Preditonation. Predation. <laughs> Predation from hyenas, leopards, and wild, wild dogs. dogs. That means they That's get sad. sad. Those things. Yeah. And mm. poor giraffes. That's All sad. that neck meat. We watched that show. My kids were like, oh, the poor, run, giraffe, run. <laughs> and, you know, it's just the circle of life. Okay. Baby puffins are called pufflings. That's the cutest Aww. thing ever. You know, random uh, fact for me. Well, no, the cutest one is penguins. Aren't the baby ones called Puggles? Puggles. Puggles. Oh, dear. Puggles. You want to hear the most interesting fact that you would appreciate? Hit me. Okay, I'm a big Star Wars fan. Okay. You know, in the movie, The Last Jedi, when they had the little porg thingies flying around all over the place, you want to know why the porgs were added? Why? It's because the island had such a population of puffins, they couldn't edit them all out. 
Have you heard of that? No. Yeah. The way they filmed it? Yeah. And so they just... They just made them porgs. They... Now, I don't know, like, on the actual island, but, you know, they're flying around. Yeah. So I think they made them just to be porgs. Wow. Interesting fact. Well, they worked out for them because they sold a whole lot of merchandise to those little porgs. Yeah, they're pretty nice. Turns Turns out they're... Just puffins. Wow. All right. Migrating to another country increases the amount of dopamine in the brain, putting immigrants at higher risk of developing schizophrenia. Build the wall. (laughs) 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 Oh, me. (laughs) He's crying. He's crying. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, that was so funny. It's it's a proven fact oh, now. Oh man. It's for their own good. Uh, You're welcome. Gosh, All right, last no. one. There are no reported cases of runners dying of dehydration during marathons. But there are plenty of cases of runners dying from water intoxication. It's a real thing. Too much Too water. Too much of a yep. good thing. That's why I good. always worry about people, including one of them is my brother-in-law, who is always carrying around a gallon of water. A and gallon? just keeps yeah. filling it up all day. Yeah. A gallon? I'm like, you are, yeah, like a jug, wow. a gallon jug of water. And just yep. keeps filling I'm like, you are going to kill your kidneys. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. You can't yeah. drown. Yep. Yeah. And not be in the water. Yep. No, it does take a lot to get to that point, but I do think, like, I can see it with runners. Yeah, they're, absolutely. You know, just trying to, I think they're so concerned and so worried about, about worried passing about, out yeah, and, dehydration. you know, dehydrating. I'm too worried about peeing on myself, so I don't I, drink water. I know. <laughs> that's exactly, that's what I said when we talked about the half marathon afterwards. Matt asked, did you drink a lot of water? No, because I didn't want to wanna stop. stop to pee. I, don't wanna I wanted to tree. run and finish. <laughs> that's why you got to sweat, man. Uh, I think but I'm not I, I think a I even said, I think oh, I am. Mm, I'm sweating right I now. I can sweat. I'm yeah, sweating doing nothing. Um, when I worked in in landscaping, we were working out in Rio Rancho, and it was boiling lava hot, and it's an oven because you're working on rocks and dirt. Right. And so, I would have one of those like like two gallon things of Gatorade, and the ones with the handle mm. and everything. Oh, my. Yeah. I would drink that entire thing in a day and not pee once. Because that's, that's how much sweating you're doing. Everything's just coming out before it even gets there. It's nuts. Nuts. All right. I got a challenge for y'all. Y'all get to go head to head. Yesterday we did a little bit of this where uh, I am bringing you some words and phrases that you're almost certainly saying wrong. Words so I'm going to give you the real, the, the correct version and the incorrect version. All right. And you tell me which one you think is right. Is fissin' two one of them? Oh, fissin two. now. I'm hey, a fissin' two. Hey. I'm a fissin' two. <laughs> Go swimming in the specific ocean. Even, even, <laughs> even fixing two is a colloquialism. I mean, it's not said all across America. You're a I'm fixing two. <laughs> I'm, I'm fixing two. Fixin' a. You're what? Fixin' a. Fixin' a. Uh, I'm about to. Oh, I'm going okay. to. Going to. Even about to, to is. I'm about to. 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 About to. Mm. All, right. <laughs> All right. Okay. Is it irregardless or regardless? Regardless. Yeah, correct. Despite the fact that irregardless is technically in the dictionary. 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 It's not a word most folks will ever need. Sometimes colloquial <laughs> words or phrases are added to the dictionary to reflect the fact that people are using them and help other people understand what they might be saying. But irregardless basically means the exact same thing 
as regardless mm-hmm. it's just not regardless. in usage. Uh, it's just weird and repetitive. Same thing with like flammable and inflammable. They mean the exact same thing. They do. But it makes it sound like it's the opposite. Yeah. Irregardless sounds like the opposite of regardless. Mm. But, it actually but it's not. Sense. Yeah. All right. Is it jive with or jibe with? The jive. Yeah, jive. With a V. Wrong. You're more than welcome to jive with something, but just know that at least in most business settings, you probably mean you jibe with it, not jive. To jive is much more playful, often musical verb, but to jibe with something means you're getting along with or understanding it. To jive with something means you're likely spitting hot scat in the basement of a musical (laughs) jazz club. Heck yeah, I am. So if it doesn't jibe with what you're trying to get across, don't use it. Huh. <laughs> interesting. Well then. Very yeah. interesting. All right. Is it tongue and cheek or tongue in cheek? In it, cheek. Oh. I thought it was yeah. and. Kara says in. Mo says and. Yeah. It's tongue in cheek. In? Oh, yep. oh my shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> she raised her arm in victory and then immediately regretted it. Ooh. It may be tongue in cheek to try and get another person to say tongue and cheek since you'll be insincerely attempting to get someone to say something meaningless. When something is said tongue-in-cheek, there is a feeling of exaggeration, sarcasm, or irony involved. When something is said tongue-and-cheek, well, it can really only mean that two facial organs were involved. (laughs) But, okay, so I don't understand that. When something is said tongue-in-cheek, like, I feel like I'm not saying anything correctly then. I'm putting my tongue in my cheek. Stick your tongue in your cheek and then say something and see if you feel sarcastic when you say it. I can't even say anything. It's kind of hard. Because <laughs> that's how I feel. Like, Background uh, radio sure. is the best. Can you be See, in Boulder? <laughs> I'm not saying anything. I'm saying a lot of garbage. Gibberish. Okay. When, whenever, do you ever just put your tongue in your cheek whenever you're thinking... Like someone says something, you're like, mm, I don't think I don't think so. No, like, I like bite them. my cheek more. Like I, I do that. I, like I, I bite do my this. lip. I like the, Mm, no. <clears throat> I make the duck face. <laughs> duck face. Duck face. <laughs> well, anyway, that's correct. Yay. All right. Is it nip it in the bud or nip it in the butt? Bud. Bud. <laughs> correct. <laughs> Let's nip this commonly misused phrase in the bud right now. The origins yeah. of this phrase comes from the idea of debudding flowers. So there were actual buds involved. So think twice before you change that bud to butt because you'll be communicating something completely and embarrassingly different. I'd be okay if I'd be okay if somebody nipped my butt a little bit. What? That's too much. There's too much. Nipped oh, some off. Okay. Yeah. Oh girl. Nip, <laughs> nip and tuck. Ooh girl. What's my booty? All right. Is it shoe in spelled S H O E? Or is it shoe in like S H O O? Shoe like, like S H O E. Uh huh. What you wear on your foot? A yeah. shoe in. A shoe in. You're wrong. What? <laughs> the difficult <laughs> element of this phrase is that the wrong phrase "shoe in" has a really powerful vi- vis- visualization that makes it like feel right. Shoe-ing? To say that something has a shoe in to win feels like that you're saying that they're already got their foot in the door. Another common phrase. The actual phrase is "shoe in" like. Shoeing something, uh, which date backs to ho- dates back to horse racing, uh, when you could urge or shoe something towards victory. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. So they're a shoe in. I still think shoe in as in <laughs> foot in the door. I do too. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's the whole point. That's why I have it wrong. <clears throat> All right, is it mute point 
Moot. Or moot point. It's moot. neither. It's, it's a moot, moot point. <laughs> it's moot. like a cow's opinion. It's it has moot. no purpose. <laughs> because it's <sighs> moot. <laughs> it's moot. M-O-O-T. I moot hate my point. friends. Friends. <laughs> <laughs> I see what you did there. It's Good job. moot point. Moot. Uh, when you mute something, you render it silent. That's why you can push a mute button on a remote. You uh, Yet when you decide something is a moot point, you make it irrelevant or it's subject moot. to debate. There is no moot button on a remote because it is much more philosophical it's and a less cow's physical. Opinion. It's moot. It's a moot point. Moo. I should make a t-shirt that says it's moot. It's a moot point. All right, all right, all right. Is it nerve wrecking or nerve racking? Racking. Although wrecking makes a lot wrecking, more sense. Wrecking, I think. I've always I think said it comes out racking just because I'm from Texas. Yeah. So it just comes out like that. So y'all are questioning. But I'm not like racking my nerves. I'm not like collecting them. You know, like. Wrecking. Yeah. I'm going to say wrecking. No. I'm going to go racking. Racking. Okay. Wrecking and racking. Yeah. Wreck rack. Trying to use the phrase nerve racking correctly can cause you to be a nervous wreck. Yeah. Perhaps that's uh-huh. why so many people jump to the conclusion that nerve wrecking yep, and nerve racking are the same things. <laughs> the proper way to say your nerves are standing on end in the situation is or in the situation is that it's nerve racking. Uh-huh. Uh, spelled with a W. W R A C K. You can also use nerve racking just with an R, since uh, both of them are essentially interchangeable You're in spelling. In the closet. But, uh, yeah, it's racking. <laughs> All right, last one for today. Is it down the pipe or down the pike? Pipe. Is it coming down the pipe or coming down the pike? Pipe. Pipe? Y'all both say pipe? P-I-P-E. Pipe. In Nintendo, Mario may travel down the pipe in a new strange underground worlds, but in real life, something comes down the pipe simply means it's actually traveling out of a pipe. Theoretically, <laughs> thanks to gravi- gravity, the phrase down the pike comes from the idea of something coming down the turnpike and denotes that something is heading your down way in the, the future. Pike. Yeah, but who calls it a turnpike anymore? Really? Um, in Mario that? Kart, there's Toad's Turnpike. That's one of the races. <laughs> we don't have any turnpikes around her. What is the turnpike? So. What? What there's is? one in Dallas, isn't there? The turnpike? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Is the turnpike the same? There's the one in room? there's one in Oklahoma, and then like the Indian Nation Turnpike or something. Maybe, maybe There's one in Jersey. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, Jersey. quite a few things. Y'all got some of them right, and some of them we wrong. Did well, y'all did pretty well. good. You are listening to the best of Matt and Mo. Hey, we all are. You are 
listening to the best of Matt and Mo. Ah, it is National Punctuation Day, as Mo explained at the top of the show. And uh, we're going to celebrate today by sharing with you 11 punctuation marks that we should be using. I didn't realize there were 11 punctuation marks in total. Right. (laughs) These are 11 that we don't even really know about. Right. They are real. They're not things that we've made up for things that should exist. Uh, They're things that already exist. We just don't use them in, uh, well, at all, really. I don't think I've ever seen most of these used. Uh, The first one. First one might be the one that you are most familiar with, yeah. which is called the interrobang. Uh, it's a combination of a question mark and an exclamation point. They're laid on top of e- each other. Uh, hmm. So it's like the question mark and then you draw a line through it as well. Um, but the combination of these two can be replaced by using uh, one of each, you know, like in a question. You did what? Like yeah. a, you know, a very ex- in- exclamationing question. In the- Exclaimed question. Um, What's a word for interrogation? In, in, interrogatory? <laughs> <laughs> An interrogatory question. I feel like that's a word. I'm making it up In- if it's not. Interrogatory. No, it's not a word. I don't think that's <laughs> <laughs> That's why it's called an interrobang. Interrified question. Um, well, they're interrogating them. So they're in terrified. Yeah, exactly. I'm being in terrified. <laughs> <laughs> I do this in text messages, though, but I guess it doesn't. It's not the actual interrobang because it has to be on top of each other. Right. Yeah. You're you're doing the 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 standard version, which is two separate uh, punctuation marks. But yeah, you can do one right on top of each other. Can't type it, I guess, but you could draw it. Well, and I'm I'm getting in my text messages right now to see if it's actual. If it's there somewhere. Yeah. Uh, all the rest of these almost certainly won't be. Uh, the next one is the percontation percontation point or the rhetorical question mark, and it is a backwards question mark. Huh. The backwards question mark was proposed by Henry Denham in 1580. Uh, as the end of a rhetorical question, and it was used until the early 1600s. So, if it's a question that doesn't need an answer, put it use backwards a backwards question, question mark. mark. Next one's the irony mark. Uh, this looks a lot like the percontation point, uh, but the irony mark's location is a bit different. It's smaller, it's elevated, and it precedes the statement to indicate its intent before it's read. Okay. So, you put it at the beginning of the sentence. Uh, Alcantar de Brom introduced the idea in the 19th century and in the 1956 French author Hervé Bazin Bazin proposed a similar glyph in his book, oh gosh, Plumons l'Arizur. Hey, very good! (laughs) (laughs) Along with five other innovative marks. But yeah, uh, just, you know, it's an ironic statement you put that. Tiny backwards question mark at the beginning. Um, before you go any further, we mispronounced his name because that you don't pronounce the E on the end. It's like hors d'oeuvre, you know? So oh. And it may not even be an H. It may be more like a... Erv. 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 Bazin. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Either way, we're still mispronouncing it, but whatever. All right. The next one's called the love point. Ooh. Among Bazin's proposed new punctuation was the love point. Uh, made of two question marks, one that's backwards, 
Uh, so they're facing each other, and they share a point, making it look like a heart. Oh, the, my gosh. <laughs> the intended use, of course, was to denote a statement of affection or love. Uh, and as uh, as in happy anniversary with a love point at the end. This seems like something a, a teenage girl came up with. <laughs> but it was real. Uh, if it were easier to type, I think this one might really take off. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> this could be a new reaction on Facebook. Right? Yeah. The love point. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, The next one's the acclamation point. It's an exclamation point that has two lines sticking out of the dot. Huh. So this is used. uh, Bazin also also made this one. He described the mark as the stylistic representation of those two little flags that float above the tour bus when the president comes to town. Acclamation is a demonstration of goodwill or welcome. So you could use it to say, I'm happy to see you, acclamation point, or Viva Las Vegas, acclamation point. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Certitude point. This is an exclamation point, but with a cross uh, over the dot instead of just a line, Um, which is another one of Bazin's designs. Um, If you need to say something with unwavering conviction, this is how you put it down. This is something that I'm certain of. God is real. Certitude point. Cross with a dot. All right. Next one uh, is a doubt point. Uh, this kind of looks like the rest symbol for music writing. Do you know how that looks? No. It's, well, I do, I, but I can't remember. It's kind of like a Z where the bottom line curves downward oh. towards the dot. Isn't it? It's almost like a semicolon, but it has a little thing at the top. Yeah, kind of. It's still about the same. Yeah. Um, I've just I've never thought of it as a Z with a little curve. I've thought of it as a semicolon. Well, in the music, the music little... note, it's a little more straight. But okay. in, in this, in the doubt point here, it looks kind of like a, a Z, and then the curve at the bottom just goes loop downward toward the dot. Hmm. Um, and this is the opposite of the certitude point, thus to be used at the end of a sentence with a note of skepticism. Hmm. Uh, the next one's the authority point. It's another cross over the dot, but it's like. Uh, the arms of the cross are curved down, like going in for a hug. <laughs> Bazin's authority point shades your sentence with a note of expertise, like a parasol over a sultan. Well, I was there, and that's what happened. That's an example. Oh, my goodness. I was there, and that's what happened. Likewise, it's also used to indicate an order or uh, an order or advice that should be taken seriously. As it comes from the voice of authority, hmm. so yeah, when you when you, basically teachers should use this, Why? I think, in their writing because they're the authority figure. So anything that they write to their students should end with the authority point. Mm. <laughs> but it like it it says that it denotes that they know, right? Yeah, yeah, but a teacher is fallible. They don't. Always well, know everybody's everything. fallible. Well, duh. See, so I would never use the authority point because I'd always be like, "This is hey. prideful." <laughs> Pride comes before the fall, you right? Know. <laughs> All right, getting away from Bazin. Uh, the next one is the Sark Mark, <laughs> short for sarcasm mark. Uh, and this one's weird, and this one will never be on any typewriter or typewriter keyboard. Goodness, 
Wow. Back in time so, there. So we're back in. <laughs> it's uh, 1976. Put a dot like in the middle and then go up like from the dot. Like you're going to make an exclamation point, but instead swirl that thing around like a cinnamon bun. And you got a Sark mark. Huh. <laughs> so when you're being sarcastic? <laughs> yeah, when you're being sarcastic. Uh, copyrighted and trademarked by Paul Sack. <laughs> And while it hasn't seen widespread use, SAC markets it as the official easy-to-use punctuation mark to emphasize a sarcastic phrase, sentence, or message because half the fun of sarcasm is pointing it out. Sark mark. <laughs> okay, so I can agree with that. <laughs> yeah. You yeah. Know that one? I do kind of like that one. But I think that it would be confused very easily for a period and the at sign. Yeah. It does kind of look like the at sign if you're not paying attention. Yeah. Okay, and the last two come together here. It's the exclamation comma and the question comma, hmm. which is essentially just a, instead of a dot at the bottom, they have commas. Uh, now you can be excited or inquisitive without having to end a sentence. A Canadian patent was filed for these in 1992, but it lapsed in 1995, so use them freely. Well then. Yeah. I think that's a, I think that's awesome because you you have a sentence where you make a point in the first section of it. Right, but the sentence isn't necessarily over. Right, but you yeah. need to really emphasize, you emphasize that emphasize point that end. you yeah. made. <laughs> All right, let's jump into a bit of news. Amazon is said to be planning the development of three thousand Amazon Go stores by twenty. 21. Wow. Report said last Wednesday. Bloomberg reported the company is considering plans to have about 10 locations open by the end of this year, 50 in major metro areas in 2019, and then as many as 3,000 by 2021. Adding 3,000 convenience stores would make Amazon Go among the biggest chains in the U.S. So have you seen a video of what an, the Amazon Go store, the only one that's open, no, looks I like? No, I So it's... it's um, the only one I think is in Seattle right now. Okay. And you go in, and it's basically a convenience store, like all sorts around here, or okay. stripes or whatever else. Uh, it's got food and snacks. They have sandwiches, pre-made sandwiches all along the wall. It's very nice in there. Drinks, all kinds of stuff. Little things that you could buy at the convenience store that aren't food. You know, toiletries and whatnot. Um, so it's not like a full grocery store. It's just for snacks and little things purposes. that you need. Yeah. But you walk in, you have a little thing that uh, I guess eventually will be like on the back of your phone or something that you scan so they know that you're in the building. You uh, it, uh, it issues you a, a hand basket thing. So that's tied to your account now, the hand basket is. And you put all these food items or whatever in the basket and then you just walk out. There's no cashier. There's no nothing. And uh, it charges you through your Amazon this account. This is brilliant. Yeah. It's the only people that work there are the people that are restocking and cleaning up. There's no need for any uh, standing in line. Or, this is brilliant. Yeah, it's a fantastic idea. I'm, I do wonder like how many people use it and then like cancel their Amazon account. <laughs> so not to have to pay for anything. Well, I think it charges you immediately as you walk out. Yeah. Like, I mean, like that would make were... sense. Right. But, uh, I mean, it's a fantastic idea. 
Yeah. Uh, it's a significant advancement in shopping because there are no cashiers. Um, the one in the one in Seattle <laughs> says the person who hates people. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness. Um, let's see. Sorry, I cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so it, it has been being tested out in, in Amazon or in uh, sorry Seattle for a while now. Uh, the virtual shopping carts will automatically tabulate what you owe. Then they will deduct the amount from your Amazon account, sending a receipt. If you put an item back on the shelf, Amazon removes it from your virtual basket. So, I mean, they've thought all this stuff out. Uh, So, it's packed with grocery essentials, ranging from staples like bread and milk to sodas, beer, potato chips, cheeses, and locally made chocolates. It also has ready-to-eat breakfast, lunch, and dinner uh, meals and That's then snack awesome. options. And it was a huge wall in the one in Seattle. Like the whole back wall is all pre-made food, this which is I think be is the, their biggest deal. It's going to be the new like truck stop. I I don't want to say truck stop because obviously I don't think truckers could go there and you right. know, get yeah, their it's showers not a gas and everything. Thing, yeah. But it, I feel like it's going to be the new road trip stop. You well, know? The, they're they're sitting it as more of a. Uh, replacement for like fast food yeah like of course they're wanting to put these the one in seattle is downtown you know in the heart of the city they're wanting to put these in high traffic areas and they're thinking people are going to use this uh as a replacement for going to mcdonald's or going to panera or going to whatever right because you don't have to wait yeah you just basically walk in grab whatever meal you want and leave yeah and go eat it um which i think that's going to be a big pull uh, oh yeah, in bigger places. Sadly, I don't. I think the reason I think it's going to be more of a road trip thing is because we're. Never oh, for gonna, us, it'll be a road trip. We're thing, never, we'll never going to get one, one here. here. <laughs> but <laughs> it's a brilliant idea. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the the e-commerce giant unveiled its first Amazon Go store in 2016. The test site for Amazon employees only. It was officially open to the public just this past January. Uh, so in the future, this might be a big thing. That's really cool. Uh, in the, I think in ten years' time, Amazon, Google, and Apple, and Facebook, those four, are going to own everything on the planet. I hope not. <laughs> I'd be okay with Amazon. I feel like Amazon is legit. You feel like Amazon's more trustworthy than all the others. I don't know why, but I do. Even though they've just unveiled that they're releasing like eighteen new alexa things to put everywhere in your house so they're always watching and listening <laughs> again you I don't have no problem give with... <laughs> a rip if they're listening to me what if they're watching you they're gonna see me naked <laughs> and you have no problem with that. i really don't i look like most other like the average 33 year old woman on the planet it ain't nothing fun to look they'll, at <laughs> they'll email you problems that they see on your body you should really work on this section Oh, I didn't ask you. (laughs) Oh, if I start to get like fishing sites for how to take care of cellulite, I might, I might, I don't know if I would take offense or if I'd be really excited. Like, (laughs) we noticed you have love handles. Would you like us to help you with that? (laughs) (laughs) This is what the world's coming to. And I think I'm okay with it. I don't know. Oh, God. I don't, I'm, uh, go ahead. I don't, I am not like some crazy lunatic. I don't care. Go Mo, ahead and Mo listen says, to my life. Bring the future. We're, she's ready. I am ready. You're listening to the best of Matt and Mo. 
Thank you for listening to the best of Matt and Mo here on BackRowRadio.com. For more of Matt and Mo's antics throughout the years, follow our podcast, The Morning Side Hug, on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. You can hear brand new episodes of The Morning Side Hug Monday through Thursday on BackRowRadio.com at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Time. See you again real soon.